0: Welcome to the Feel Great, Look Good podcast, brought to you by Organa Beauty and Wellbeing. I'm Nikki Richards, your host, and I'm excited to talk to experts, brands, and remarkable people about their journey and how they see beauty from the inside out. We want to change the conversation and inspire you to make conscious choices by connecting mind, body, and planet, so that you can feel great and look good. If you'd like to know more about Organa Beauty and Wellbeing, please visit our official website at www.organabeautywellbeing.com. Beauty needs to make you feel great as well as look good. Hi, in today's episode of Feel Great, Look Good, we'll be talking to Carmen Gonzalez. Carmen is the founder and CEO of Wonder Foundation a women-led charity dedicated to transforming the lives of women and girls through quality education. Empowering women and their communities helps them to exit poverty and inequality, but also helps them to achieve their full potential. So it was inspiring to talk to Carmen about some of their key local projects around the world in places like Nigeria, the Democratic Republic of Congo and Kenya. Positive social impact through improving the well-being of women is at the heart of our sustainable goals at Organa Beauty and Wellbeing and we are passionate about the Wonder Foundation's mission. There are many ways of supporting the invaluable work they do to create a better world so please check them out at www.wonderfoundation.org.uk. and in the meantime relax, kick back and enjoy today's episode. Hello, Carmen. Uh, I'm very glad that you've joined us for the Feel Great, Look Good podcast today. Hello. Nice to meet you and nice to join you. (laughs) Fantastic. Well, I've been meaning to speak to you for a while because uh, we as at Organa Beauty and Wellbeing are very... Uh, appreciative and very fond of the work that you do in uh, the community. And the work of the Wonder Foundation is something that we will focus on a little bit more as we talk about this podcast. For us, it's very important that we support organisations, charities and the work that you do. So I'm very excited to have you on the podcast to to show some of the good work that's being done out there in the world. I suppose we always start with the first question, which is a little bit of an introduction into our guest. So uh, I'd love to know a little bit more about you, Carmen, and how you
1: came to do the work that you do. Yes. So, well, I am one of nine children. I'm from Spain, one of nine children, eight girls and one boy. So I've always been surrounded by great women. <laughs> and therefore, it was very normal for me to, to look out for opportunities where I could support, in general, because I come from a big family. This has nothing to do with the women or the men. Um, look out for others. This is the way we were brought up. So when I came to London, I was living in Old Street, in a horse of residence with uh, lots of intelligent and really privileged students from all over the world. Privileged, not because they were necessarily wealthy, but they were lucky to be here no? in these amazing educational institutions. And next door to us, there was, and there is still a lot of poverty in those big blo- block of flats in the city. Yeah, There was this huge discrepancy. So I think I started thinking there is something we can do for other people. We are living next to, and almost they become invisible how to make them visible and how to support them with the help of all those great students that shared their lives with me at university that is how it had all started
0: and has your background always been uh, within
1: ngos or charities is that something you've always been drawn to actually i was never drawn to this <laughs> but it was like a like um it's very funny because i never thought at all i was going to dedicate myself to the work of a charity i mean i suppose i've always been doing things for others but it was very much part of the culture of our community Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, it eventually ended up like that so um, yeah because you try to do things well and professionally and you start looking for who can do this and then you realize well there is no one doing this so i'll do it myself so it was it was not an intended journey as such but uh, it was a lucky accident
0: and accidents these lucky accidents turn out to be um incredibly important journeys don't they professionally and personally I suppose Uh, Mm. so that's where you are and I suppose really it takes us neatly on to um, diving straight into the work with the Wonder Foundation and that the work that you do with the Wonder Foundation which is just as a little quick introduction to people uh, we are obviously a a sustainable beauty company and sustainability for us uh, also includes not only just recycling and You know, using less product, it's also about the social positive impact that we have on the world. And when I met you and I heard you talk about the Wonder Foundation, as I said, I was instantly drawn in because I understand Wonder Foundation is a women-led charity Mm -hmm. and it's dedicated to transforming the lives of women and girls um, in various communities through education, which again you know, my background is not only marketing, but I've also worked in education and I know how transformative education can be. So could you tell us a little bit more about Wonder Foundation and the work that you do and your involvement maybe within it?
1: Yes. So as I said, I started this as a kind of accident. Mm -hmm. And um, the the work that we do is basically, well, um, we do support the women that are actually running the projects in different parts in the in the in the globe uh, in the world so um what can i tell you i can tell you about two or three of the projects what do you think yeah no that would be gay I, i suppose in the beginning it was really
0: to sort of ask you you know how did you you know this idea of transforming women's lives that was something that happened sort of accidentally but How has it grown into the organisation that it is now? And what is your mission and and, and vision for the organisation?
1: Yes, so um, basically, how has it grown? Well, we started in a very local project. It was in East London, in Hackney. Then somehow I was also involved as a volunteer in another local project as well in Brixton. And then as we, our friends in that, um, halls of residence when we were at university, as they left back to their country, we started supporting each other in the projects that they were doing locally there. Mm. And um, what it started as like, let's send money, let's go there and volunteer, let's share ideas in a very informal way. And in the days before Zoom, you know, now it is so easy to co- to connect globally. Mm. Uh, what it started as a very informal network at some point in 2011 or 12, we realized uh, it would be good to formalize. So mm-hmm. um, we realized, well, it would be easier, uh, we will be more accountable, it, it will be more organized and more effective. So this is how it started. And um, in a way, it's much better now because our how can I say, I mean, our bread and butter, I suppose what we think the most effective way in which we help all these women and girls at every project is helping is really making sure that the people leading those projects are really well supported themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, this is what happens when you are helping others, maybe no one else helps you. And you get tired, you get frustrated, maybe I don't know, if you're working in a bank or in a corporate, you have a lot of support. If you're working in a charity, many times it's just you on your own. So it's helping them to build systems, to build networks, to have access to training, to to best practice, to learn from each other. That's That's how it has evolved. And that's really important. Obviously, the the the
0: mission is to provide access to quality education and training mm. for these women, but you need to support those people that are helping with that quality education and training yes. to uh, so that you get the, the the best outcomes possible. And I hadn't actually thought about that mm. when. I uh, think of Wonder Foundation supporting the people that actually are on the ground making these projects happen and Mm -hmm. that's hugely important isn't it so yes um, very interesting it Mm. is
1: I mean for instance I'm just going to give you a little example but I think it's very relevant in our society today and is the whole issue around safeguarding so we are in, a, in England, there are loads of, um, we've had lots of negative stories about safeguarding in general, right? Not in wonder, thank God. But, you know, in the world, we hear about this charity, you know, this, this football club, the BBC, whatever.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, okay, and the government and society has responded with a lot of policies and processes that are going to make sure that children are safe. We normally trust the police, we trust the institutions. We live in a country where, really, whether you like or you don't like the government, you can trust, yeah? Uh, the, the, there is a, some solid foundation. Well, in some of these countries, they don't have any of that. So mm-hmm. when you talk about safeguarding girls who maybe are being abused by an uncle, or what do you do? You, do you see... We need to support these women so that that emotional burden doesn't just stay with them thinking what shall I do if I report her if I report this issue to the police it's going to be chaotic maybe the, you know maybe it's going to be <laughs> worse than it is so working with them to find out solutions to real local problems that are going to impact on the life of the girls is very important and actually very few people do this I mm. think yeah so yeah, yeah. Hmm. And that's
0: key, like you said, they understand what's going on locally. If you're in London, you don't necessarily know what's going on, you know, uh, thousands of miles away in a, in a particular local community. You don't know the nitty gritties of mm. the day to day stuff and the, the politics as well as those people on the ground. So yes. that absolutely makes sense that to empower them first so that they can then empower mm. the people they're helping is uh, is is a really fantastic way of looking at it. So. Um, I mean, I looked at some of the stats, which is incredible. That you've, mm. You know, helped supported sixty thousand women and girls. You have thirty local partners, or, or thereabouts. Would mm. be really nice to hear about some of those those specific projects that we that you've touched upon. So, I don't know if you want to deep dive into one of those or a couple of the projects that that, yes. that you have been proud of.
1: So, I mean, yes, I'm proud of all of them. One of all of them, yeah. Yeah, they are all fantastic, <laughs> and they are not yeah. so many because we do work long time long-term with them because we want to, you know, because we can always improve, right? It's, it's never, you can never say after four years, that's fine. You know, each business, even us, as you know, ourselves, we always study and we always, there is never a moment where we can say, okay, I'm done. No, <laughs> yeah, just after we die anyway. So that's not the case at the moment. So we do work long-term. So I wanted to talk about a very interesting project we've been working with closely Mm -hmm. and it is uh, we have about four or five training centers in Nigeria where we work with a local partner that um, is very well I mean yeah it's established and they have um, about maybe three or four hundred girls in education they teach them uh, vocational skills around the hospitality Mm -hmm. industry which as we know is suffering very much with COVID but it's also a very wide uh, industry. I mean, you learn customer care, you learn digital skills, you learn bookkeeping, mm-hmm. uh, administration. So it's it's quite a flexible range of skills you can use, not just in hotels and restaurants. Anyway, working with these uh, partners, we've just um, trying to launch um, a safer migration network and a listening center for girls from Nigeria who are um, who could be and who are in danger of taking dangerous migration journeys into Europe mm-hmm. so there is this idea in that country and in many countries that Europe is this kind of um, place uh, where the streets are paved with gold which is not the case yeah. and they all mm-hmm. feel tempted or in, you know invited or whatever the word you want to use to come and unfortunately, in Nigeria, um, the 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 number of girls that and boys as well, but we are just working with girls that end up in the wrong places in Europe, especially in Italy, in Spain, in the UK, is mm. huge. So mm. we are um, building with young people attending the schools. This safer migration network. We are working with the IOM. Mm-hmm international organization for migration and we are trying to to establish this listening center which would be like a first point of call when someone has an invitation or someone is being headhunter, so that they can check whether this is safe whether this is going to end up in a good and valid job offer or is going to end up in a horror story Mm -hmm. and well Understanding the psychology of those girls wanting to take the risk, which is huge, it also um, tells you the poor conditions that maybe have they have at home. No? So because and you know, we are, we are working in this listening center project and we've launched it but we are still working on it because we are learning as we go through this year no? to see what works, what doesn't work, what type of help do these girls at call want what type of i don't know tools we can give them to to make them think twice before they end up in the wrong place mm-hmm. so that is a very interesting project i think hmm.
0: and that is about uh, that's interesting that it's also not the not just the hard skills but you're teaching them how to make the right choices in yes. life as well um, yes uh, and as you said you know, we would never think about it, but the, but the right migration choices, uh, yes. which is key to their future and their success. Um, yes,
1: yes. And and also about, you know, that's why people from the country are so essential. They are the experts because mm. for us, it's, it's obvious to say, well, why why would you want to go to Italy? You don't know how much they're going to pay you and you, you think you're going to be working in in an office as a receptionist and then you end up being a prostitute, you know, in a brothel. Mm. And these girls who have ended up in the wrong place and who are who have received a lot of support from our projects, so there will be many, many, many more girls who do, who end up there. Yeah, mm-hmm. don't want to come back. So they call us and they say, "Oh, please make sure that nobody comes. Nobody. Okay, do you want to come back? Because we have, we are working with local NGOs in Italy. We can support you. They don't want to come back because." They feel they have failed. Mm. So how desperate you must be you not know, to be in the wrong place and to say, "I want to save face. Mm. I don't want to go back mm. and and disappoint my parents or my community. I'll just pretend I'm okay here when you really are not okay." Mm. So anyway, that that is a very interesting project, and yeah, there are lots of people working in this field. Mm. But I think we are very lucky to have that close relationship with the girls at. end up there and hopefully this project will be will have quite a good impact Mm -hmm. i mean
0: carmen honestly i could speak to you about your specific projects so in depth it's incredible and i know that you do a lot of work in some of the poorest countries like uh republic of congo and yes um i would love to know how you go into a country like congo and get the outcomes that you do
1: Yes, I mean, it's not me going, you know, no. it's very much, <laughs> yes, choosing the right partner yeah. there. So first of all, those partners we talk about, and, and everybody has the same question, how do you choose the partner? Mm-hmm. Well, it's someone that we've known for years. Yeah, it's someone we have worked for years. A lot of those partners are um, charity set up by uh, students from Congo that came to, to study in the UK. We met, we became friends. I mean, I think like... In charity, like in business, trust is of the essence. Mm -hmm. You have to trust the person. And in fact, it's a very humane, uh, I mean, relationships, in one, the relationships are at the heart of everything that we do and of everything that we achieve. Because even with the girls, uh, it's not so much the skills that we give them, which are top quality skills and very important, but is the relationships we establish with those girls that give them the confidence to then make the right choices in their lives for themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, they feel wanted, they feel important, they feel unique, they feel they are worth something, they're worth that investment. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think relationships is having those good relationships and and we, we you know, I just don't go to Congo look at, at charity mm-hmm. and then I think, oh yeah, they could do it. No, I know those people intimately, I have lived with them mm-hmm. several times. I know how they work. I know how committed they are mm-hmm. I mean, in Congo or in even in in the UK, no, in, mm. in the Battery Center, which is our local partner here, and it's the same. No, they are. I'm, we are working with people who are top, yeah. <laughs> top people, top people, and building again. That's another, you know, something I'm hearing
0: clearly is that building these relationships locally and building that trust is key to the work that mm. you do. Otherwise, you you wouldn't be able to do mm. what you do. So that's another, you know, interesting point. I'm. It's. Uh, fascinating that actually it's it's not just about the projects it's 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 all these uh, different elements we're talking about that makes the the ma- uh, the project so powerful and in mm. somewhere like congo are you up against
1: resistance any challenges politically socially culturally that, that- well yes we are uh, up against many challenges mm-hmm. many challenges i mean cultural challenges, uh, poverty is the biggest challenge. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, sometimes, uh, I mean, those girls, it's not, they don't have anything. I mean, they don't have anything. They've gone to a school which is not the quality. You know, this is, this is sometimes where people, it's very hard to imagine, no, because many people will be donating money to education of girls anywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know, like in Congo, lots of the girls have gone to school, but they can't speak French or read French because their teachers couldn't. Yeah. Their teachers were at school teaching them, but not really teaching them. Mm-hmm. How can you control that? So, um, yeah, that's why the local context is very important. Maybe then they live in a place where there is not a road or there was a road that led to the school, but the road has, hasn't has been maintained and now it's it's become a forest. And just for them to go from their house to that school, it takes three hours walking. Mm. And it's dangerous because the weather is very hostile. You know, it can be very, very hot, or it can be like very rainy. You know, it's temperamental. It's not like here that it rains and you can hardly notice. It's just this silly rain. (laughs) Um, So there are lots of of, um, difficulties. And of course, then there is war, and then there is the consequences of war, and there is trauma, and there are difficult transition points in the lives of these girls, and there are parents that die. And all this, Mm -hmm. um, Nikki, they tell you, like, you can tell me what cream you bought yesterday. I mean, they talk about huge crises and huge problems in their lives, with a complete sense of you know, nothing happens. This is our ordinary life. No, people die, people... <laughs> I mean, when I went there, I remember I saw, I, I used to see these cars with flowers and a kind of, I don't know, like a parade. And they told me, oh yeah, there are funerals. But every day there were hundreds of funerals in the street. And of course, I, I realized the, the life expectancy in Congo was uh, 49 to 50 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, can you imagine uh, um, orphan being an orphan is something that is very common, but it's quite tragic. Mm. You know, a lot of us who have uh, lost uh, close relatives or friends, we know how hard that is. It is also hard for those people, even though it is very common. So there are so many levels of difficulties. I don't know how to explain it, That it is, <laughs> it is amazing that anything good happens in a way. Well, I think you know in terms of the systemic challenges that you are describing
0: uh it's incredible that the resilience that not only the your local partners show but the resilience that uh the girls that you you help uh, the women and the girls that you help show and you know it's very difficult to compare our lives with their lives but you Mm. know this word resilience always comes back and uh People have shown a lot of resilience over the last year, but this is on another level, I think. Um, mm. And it's it's very heartening to me that despite everything, they can you know break through and make their lives better, um, which is yes. which is the key that you you give them the the chance to do that. And I think you know we're, we're not here to talk about sort of the politics of each uh, <laughs> each country mm. that you work with, but I think it is important to say that you know these challenges are not nothing, are they? They are real challenges that you face that. Affect potentially the future of these of the women and the, the, the girls that you help.
1: Yes, and I don't think I mean you know it's um, how can I say it's what I was telling you, you know in in the UK you may not like Boris Johnson you prefer someone else mm. but you can still go out you can still yeah. take the bus the bus is going to take you to the place where it says it's going to take you 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 pay your fare you know how much it is I mean we can trust the world we live in ninety nine percent of the time right. Mm. Mm. And when the tube doesn't work or when something doesn't work, we all get annoyed and, you know, fine. But you, we are talking of different challenges. It's not about political ideology or philosophy. It's about really broken systems of government for very valid historic reasons, you know. And and it will take a long time to mend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those situations will take a long time to mend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yes. Education is the key. The education is the key, little by little, of those societies mending themselves. Yeah, absolutely,
0: and it's it's very rarely prioritized in countries like that. But you make sure mm. that, I suppose, organisations like Wonder Foundation and your partners make sure that it is a priority uh, for yes. these women and, and girls. I think, mm. and that it is it is something that. Because I think you know, I've worked with organisations who have worked in places like Nepal, and for those children, mm. education mm. until you work with a child, education is not a priority. Just finding food and helping your exactly. parents is a priority.
1: Exactly. Uh, yes. Totally. Yes. Yes.
0: But it's it's short sighted. I think it's it, it's yes. just it's it's difficult because I'm not being critical because it's it's the way it is I mean moving on to um I know I probably interrupted you when you were talking about your projects but I was yeah. uh, when I did my research I was very interested I'm also interested because I'm an entrepreneur and mm. I think education that leads to specific training perhaps training women and girls to be entrepreneurs is something that you do very well yes. um and I know you have Projects in, you know, for example, Kenya. That, mm. um, you know, basically, I, I think, train uh, future entrepreneurs. And yes. Can you maybe tell me some of, uh, tell me about some of those projects and some of those uh, yes. specific, uh,
1: yeah. So we are launching actually the first of May, a beautiful project called Mwangasa, which means hope. Uh, thanks to the a huge donation from an an anonymous donor. I mean, it's not anonymous to me, but it, it has to be anonymous to everybody else. Mm-hmm. A, a, a foundation, um, a European foundation, they have given us this huge donation that will allow us to train 800 women and girls over the course of three years to the, to to start um, little businesses. So they are uh, mini entrepreneurs. The idea is mm-hmm. that the, the women and girls will receive nine-month training with mentoring, which is essential to everything we do, and skills training, and we will uh, signpost it and support them to get mic- microcredits from financial institutions. And eventually, they will set up their own business. It could be hairdressing, it could be a cookery business, it could be selling clothes, it could be processing some of the crops in specific areas of Kenya. And then um, also in the final, I suppose, one of the, the, the outcomes of that project would be that they set up like a little networks in, in each locality so that they can be like an established women club to support other women and keep supporting themselves in their own challenges, right? Mm-hmm. so that that um, we are running this project with Kianda Foundation which is a very well established uh, and fantastic uh, foundation in Kenya and we've been having like initial planning and conversations and yeah we will invite you to the launch which would be interesting yeah maybe for everybody to see but it is it is great because we are basically going to Transform the life of those 800 women and 800 families. Because, as we know, when you change a woman, that has a huge impact on her yeah, family. Yeah, exactly. And, and yes. future
0: generations, absolutely. So, you, you start a positive cycle yes. in that sense. Um, and entrepreneurship, in itself, I mean, I can speak for myself, but it teaches you so many skills. That you can use not just in mm-hmm. your own businesses but in life, I think, as well. Yes. Um, and um, I would love to come to the launch. I would also love to be involved um, as you know, anything we can do to help. We oh, great. Yes. obviously, you know, support in certain campaigns that we do, but I yes. think, you know, certainly. Um, It would be good to know, actually, at this point, maybe, Carmen, you could tell our listeners where they can find the Wonder Foundation, how they can help in different ways and how they can help you do the work that you do. Maybe you can give us your uh, URL and uh, contact details.
1: Yes, so our URL is very simple. It's wonderfoundationaltogether.org.uk and if you go to the website, you will be... You will see there our Instagram, it's Wonder Foundations, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, everything is there. Uh, Funnily enough, there is a Wonder Foundation, which is a makeup brand by someone else. (laughs) And When you Google, we are normally the second. (laughs) The the first one is the the actual foundation makeup. Anyway, here is how we are. Uh, This is where we are. How can you help? very simple you know like you can just subscribe to our newsletter you can follow us in instagram and send us ideas i mean we are a small charity and we are very responsive to anybody who bothers to to comment or to suggest anything to us you can donate to us you can fundraise for us you can volunteer we have hundreds of opportunities either directly directly with us um, or with our partners um, yeah, so there are many, many ways I mean, hundreds of ways where you can support us and just being an ambassador and getting to know what we do and even reading our website, you know sometimes we are so involved into our into our work that it is very good to have someone from the outside saying from the outside saying, oh, I don't understand this. Okay, we have to explain it better. You know, we can always do everything much better. And I know people can
0: actually help in a practical sense, like you said,
1: mentoring as well. And uh, um,
0: that's something I I hope to do with you in the future. We would love to work. uh, We have lots of ideas on different projects we could work on. So maybe we can also ask our community, how we might support the Wonder Foundation, yes. and what, what kind of you know input we could give. Um, but I think it's um, we always run out of time mm. in these podcasts. I wanted to aim to give uh, an introduction to the Wonder Foundation to you because I think you are somebody that's very inspiring. Uh, you know, it's not easy to set up uh, an organization like this, so um, I have a lot of respect for the work that you do in in social. You know equality uh, and empowerment of women and girls uh, around the world. So, thank you for the work that you do for your for you and your team as well and mm. your partners. What does the future hold for Wonder Carmen? What's your What's your vision for for Wonder's Foundation? Wonder Foundation's future. Sorry,
1: our vi- I mean my vision. Our vision is um, really a future where this is where every single woman and girl has excellent opportunities to develop her life and that of her family that's it where there are there is enough resilience there is enough knowledge there is enough willingness there is enough education all around and to make sure that yeah that those girls can really be catalysts of change wherever they are and bring and be happy, you know. Sometimes this sounds very vague. No, I just want the girls to be happy, mm-hmm. but uh, this is what we are all looking for. Yeah, mm-hmm. some people think it's success, some people think it's purpose, some people think it's money, some people think it's children, some people think it's husband or partner, whatever you think it is. Mm-hmm. You know, this life is made for living and to live it to the full, mm-hmm. right? So, that's that's the vision, and that is a wonderful way
0: to wrap up podcast uh, what a lovely final comment from you so thank you for that uh, we do uh, ask some quick fire questions i think i okay. had uh, sent you these before but um, it's just kind of closing the loop and um asking you three questions related to the podcast but what makes you feel
1: great a good night's sleep <laughs> this is very important
0: yes exactly it's very nice sleep Sleep is very underrated, I think.
1: Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, and good quality sleep
0: as well. Um, yes. So I hope you're getting some of that uh, good quality yes. sleep. Uh, and um, this is a little bit more shallow, but we, you know we work within the sort of beauty
1: well-being sector. But what makes you look good? Uh, well, I think a very nice mascara mm-hmm. and a very nice lipstick. I always put lipstick to make. To, to feel a bit uplifted. But I don't think it's shallow, you know, because we are body and soul together. So to look good is important to feel good sometimes. When you, when you feel bad, the, the effort to make yourself look better is a great lift me up it is and it's a sign of sort of respect for yourself really isn't it mm. it's, uh... and for the people around you too <laughs> <laughs> they have to look at you all day long well that is very
0: <laughs> altruistic that's very true and uh, mm. I think uh, I love that uh, Carmen and I love your shades of lipstick every time I've seen you mm. they're beautiful bright colours so yes. keep doing what you're doing I won't ask you what brand you. of lipstick you uh,
1: you wear oh, but I don't know I don't really know <laughs> no. whatever falls into my hands I mix them all <laughs> <laughs> well we're going to
0: send you uh,
1: a lipstick uh, we have oh, a brand lovely. it's a
0: lovely a brand called All Tigers it's a French brand so I'll send you that in the post and tell me what you oh, think
1: yes, um, thank you very much uh, no
0: thank you for that and and the last question if you were on a desert island or uh, you know yes. what what is the, you're only allowed one thing I'm afraid what would be the one thing you would take with you or that you couldn't you know do what? without Yeah,
1: my phone <laughs> because in my phone i have memories i have photographs i have numbers i have uh, books i have my bible i have uh, all kinds of things you know the phone is like everything I thought of this and I thought, this is it, my phone. Oh, that is wonderful. <laughs> so honest as well. I love it. Yes. Um, well, I can't encourage bl- blue
0: screen, you know, the light from your phone. And I'm sure if you're on a desert island, you'd switch it off now and again.
1: <laughs> oh, yes, 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 yes. And I, and I do switch off my phone uh, often yes. because you need that mental disconnection. Yes. But on the other hand, it's a great connector to so many people. So it's, yeah and that that's a lovely word to use it it it, it
0: does ultimately it does connect us it keeps us connected Mm. which is so important isn't it as human beings uh and we use uh, technology to keep connected which isn't a bad thing i think Mm. so i love that so that's great sleep lipstick mascara and your phone and carmen Mm -hmm. is good to go so that's wonderful thank you so much and Carmen. thank you nikki thank you very much for your time and um i would encourage people to go to www.wonderfoundation.org.uk to find out more about the wonderful work that the foundation does and Carmen thank you very much again today
1: thank you to you you are great bye bye bye
0: thanks for listening to our episode today and please do visit our website at organabeautywellbeing.com or leave a comment and we'll be back soon for another feel great look good episode until then take care